Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Out Llama, a llama rewatch llama. I am llama, your llama today. Oh, sorry. I'm just so. Brought to you by llamas. <laughs> <laughs> we here stand llamas and we stand a Tony llama. <laughs> this is Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. We are in Survivor Kagiyan. It's 28th season. And on the 12th episode of that season, titled Straw That Broke the Camel's Back, we will be discussing the incredible llama impersonation moments in this episode, as well as every other moment of this episode as we take through the entire uh, story of this show in this episode <laughs> and react to it piece by piece. Uh, my name is Alex. I am your guide through the survivor wilderness. And I'm joined by three of my friends who are undertaking this journey with us. Um, as referenced, this, mo this episode is fantastic for many reasons. One of the reasons is that Tony decides that he needs to talk like a llama. <laughs> <laughs> and it does sound like that. It's perfect. <laughs> As I as I've told my my co-hosts here, this is in my estimation a top five funniest moment in Survivor history. It's it's perfect. Um, as a great way for you to get to know your co-hosts, um, I would love for each of you to give me your best llama impersonation. Uh, Adam, welcome to Outwatch. <laughs> All right, let's compare it with the real thing. <laughs> I think you need more tongue. <laughs> Emily, welcome to Outwatch. <laughs> oh, going to be tough to beat that one, I think. <laughs> Scott, welcome to Outwatch. <laughs> I don't have a good one. <laughs> I prefer to just laugh until Tina to eat it. <laughs> oh, good llama talks. This been out llama. All right, that's it. And that's been this episode of Outwatch. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you want me to talk with the llama? <laughs> oh god um <laughs> this is a survivor rewatch podcast purely <laughs> surmised and for our listeners out there tony was in a pretty intense argument yeah and just threw that out there in seriousness so that made it even better. that was really the best part <laughs> yeah he's like he's like 
Guess I don't understand why you can't understand me. Do you not understand me talking? Do I need to speak to you like an animal? Let me talk llama to you. It's perfect, dude. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Also, I'm I'm now gonna look up an actual llama noise. We did. It's actually not that far off. No way. It's similar. Tony Tony clearly has some firsthand experience. That was a llama. Uh, I don't know about that. It's I'm I'm seeing the llama right here on my screen. Here's the real question, Alex: Is what does the fox say? Mm. That is a good question. No one's for sure. No one really knows. Yeah, everybody's wondering. Here's a llama making noise. There's also some stupid kid. Some stupid kid. Hey, guys, father. God, why is every YouTube video with llama noise also have annoying people talking in it? All I want is a llama. Wow, sounds like a broken accordion. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it is. Huh. <laughs> sure does. All right, yeah. last one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think llama talk is better or worse than Game of Thrones talk? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely better. <laughs> I say we make it a run, a reoccurring segment of every episode. The number of recurring segments that we've thrown out that have never recurred. <laughs> Island fashion. Island fashion. It's about time to bring back Island yeah, fashion. We have so much to talk about. Can we talk about how Cass has like this weird, her stomach isn't tan at all. Yes. Like she's only, she's clearly worn some kind of shirt the whole time. Well, it's because her swimsuits that is a one piece. So it covers yeah, her. Is that right. That yeah. explains that. Yep. But then this episode, I just noticed it. I'm like, why is your midsection not tan at all? I noticed yeah. it this episode, too. <laughs> we can use uh, Island Fashion segment when we get to the mud challenge, too. Yeah. That'd be helpful. Yes. Um, boy, God was really, like, on shrooms or something when he made llamas, huh? I'm just, like, looking at a llama objectively for the first time. That's a weird-looking freaking animal. <laughs> they are pretty weird. But apparently the best sounding. Yeah. Also, what, is, what does a, a llama bring into the world? What's the good of llama? You carry things, right? That's true. Yeah, I was gonna say llama, that it, llama it carry like things. Something, but I think I'm thinking of alpacas. Yeah. What's the difference between an alpaca and a llama? This is a good divergence from yeah. our Survivor podcast. La, llama, llama spit. Llama carry yeah. things. Llama spit, llama carry thing, llama be good work. Llama do good work. Llama climb mountain. Llama. They have long banana shaped ears, while alpacas have straight ears. Idiots. And they are smaller. Their faces are also a bit different. Llamas weigh up to 400 pounds. Good. Three. Big thick my, llama. My llama's on your lips. My llama's on your lips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm googling what llama do. <laughs> what what llama do? What llama? What llama do? 
relative of the camel. What that llama do? But it doesn't. Oh, okay. It's time to talk about Survivor now. Here, let's yeah. go to tree mail. <laughs> Abbreviated tree mail. Um, this episode, Wu tells Tony for what for real happens at the reward this time, and Tony's like, "My good and faithful servant, thank you for telling me." The reward is the mud challenge. They have to put lots of mud on them and empty it into a bucket. Tony wins by a landslide or a mudslide, perhaps, hmm. and takes Trish along with him. Thank you for the giggles. <laughs> Cass uh, is now totally against Tony. Can't believe that he has the power that he does. Um, and Tony tells the people to further his powerful position that he can use the special idol at four when in reality he can only use it up to five. After talking with Tony, Chaos Cass blows it up at camp, uh, outing Tony for wanting to be open to voting Wu out. Um, and this is when the llama situation ensues because he has to talk to Trish like an animal. Sorry, not Trish, Cass. Um, later, this is just a fully chaotic episode. Trish overhears Cass trying to vote her out instead. Um, and after the immunity challenge, which is a ladder-based challenge, this one's actually quite good if you ask me, uh, Tony builds up a huge lead, but Spencer comes from all the way behind and gets immunity again. When they get back to camp, immediately Trish flips a switch and explodes upon Cass. Um, very nasty, very mean. Um, and in the wake of this, Tony swears on everything possible to Wu for final three. Wu finds himself as the swing vote again between going after Trish or going after Cass. Um at Tribal Council, Tony uses his normal idol, as it is the last time he can use it. He doesn't block any votes with it, but uh, there's no reason to not use it. And in the midst of this, Trish is voted out 4-1. to one. Everybody votes for Trish except her, and she becomes the next member of our jury. And we're down to four. Top four, baby. Top, Top four, baby! baby. Lots to unpack this episode, lots of decisions that are made, lots of mean things said to people, and lots of llamas. Um, let's let's just kick it around the horn here. Scott, what was your favorite moment this episode? My favorite moment was obviously llama talk. Of course, there's only one As answer. We have, we have kicked that to death, though. <laughs> talked about that to death. Um, besides that, I did like the ladder challenge. Love. I thought it was very intricate and exciting. Love this challenge. I was very intrigued by Tony's strategy on the slide puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. for, for our noble listeners, he just runs up on the slide puzzle. After, he's got a commanding lead and he just starts just doing stuff. <laughs> Like, not even saw. He's just moving pieces around. Like, doesn't like willy nilly. Like, going like a hundred miles an hour. I'm pretty sure he does. Like, he might have had it solved at one point, and then didn't have it solved. <laughs> he was closer to having it solved at one point, <laughs> and then he just just kept moved it away. Yep. And then Spencer just caught up with him and won. But yeah, his so I was very intrigued by that. <laughs> his strategy there. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? <clears throat> Uh, Emily, do you have a favorite moment this episode? Um, yes. 
obviously love the llama stuff, but tribal council was really it, oh, oh yes. Yes, Sorry. that part, all of it. Yeah. Tribal council was very exciting for me. Okay. I thought it was great. I was very invested. It's a super weird feeling tribal. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were, I don't know, like Tony brought out his idols and then they were all kind of laughing over llama jokes. Mm-hmm. And then someone went home blindsided. It was great. Lots of like personal attacks too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He brought out his yeah. bag of tricks. <laughs> Adam, what was your favorite moment? Um, I'm a big fan of the immunity challenge for sure. Yes. Uh, tribal was just, it was great. Like, I don't know, like Emily said, like it was just a lot of fun, but also like there was a lot happening. You saw a really interesting strategic moment with Wu in tribal. Uh, Jeff asked him a question and Wu says something along the lines of um, very, it's very obvious that it's three uh, brawn versus a brain, uh, even though Wu's about to flip on Tony, um, mm. which was just, just great moment. Uh, it was a good episode. Just kind of all around. Real solid episode. Uh, also throw into the, the hat into the ring for um, the very like, You've seen these Twitter templates that are very meme right now where it's like no one colon space and then Trish. Do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Right back from the immunity challenge. (laughs) No, no prompting this and just the immediate. Do you think I'm stupid? (laughs) My favorite thing about that is when she's yelling at Cassie's. I get one point. She goes, you think you're smart, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> this very thick Bostonian accent. I just, I loved how like personal Trish got with that and Cassidy just sitting there like, this is what I wanted. <laughs> you got personal back though. She started saying stuff about Trish's appearance. Yeah, Skeletor. Yeah. Skeletor. I don't think she said that to her though. Well, she said it at Tribal, I guess. Yeah, right. said it so. Tribal. Mm. My feelings are hurt on their behalf. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk through the beats of this episode. Um, so the previously on sequence, this may be the first time we've talked about this, but this was a really well put together storytelling device in the previously on. They like do this entire narration about like the battle between Tony and Spencer and how they've like, played similar games but it's just gone completely differently for them did you guys watch this and remember this yes it was like you know whereas tony has found idols and gotten advantages and gotten you know loyalty spencer has whiffed on idols and uh drawn the wrong rock and been at the bottom the whole time where both of them are playing strong games but the luck's just been on tony's side i thought that was a really cool way to use that previously on thing and really like overtly set up a compelling narrative going into the end of the game. Yeah. I feel like it was done better than like normally the previously on kind of just catches you up mm-hmm. Whereas this was like, this is a specific thing we want you to focus on. Yeah. It's like, it just, yeah, it was good. Did any of you watch lost? No. 
Yes. No. Right. Huh? (laughs) I said they were dead the whole time, right? Yeah. Dead the whole time for sure. It's kind of like when Lost was on and running and you would immediately know what the episode was going to be about by the previously on, especially late in the season, like the series where they've got seasons and seasons of like catalog. And it's like, oh, we're seeing a clip about Jack's dad from season two. Probably going to be about Jack's dad, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. They use the previously on in a way to like actually prime viewers for the story that they were telling, which was pretty cool. Um, a, th- a thing I noticed this episode too, it, did I just like black out and miss a loved one's visit or is there just no loved one's visit this season? There's not one. No, there isn't one. I've they never caught that before. I was, I was it. expecting it to be a loved one's visits when they were talking about like the pizza delivery. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, it's going to be like loved one's visits for a very select few group of people, but there wasn't one. Yeah. I'm really interested in this because I can't think of any other seasons that didn't have a loved one's visit. And I wonder if there was like some actual logistical issue or something. I don't yeah. know why else they wouldn't do it. Well. I'm sure there's the answer out there on the Internet somewhere that I could find. Uh, I just had to uh, make that note. So this reward challenge, um, this is the one where they jump into a big thing of mud coat themselves with that mud and then wring it off of their gross bodies into a large bucket. This is the stupidest challenge. Yeah, this is yeah bad. I did not like it. This is when I said, this isn't fun for me. I'm not having fun. <laughs> this isn't fun for me right now. I, I have to be honest. This is a better way yeah. of categorizing my soundboard. <laughs> Clearly. Um, also, after it, it, they all kind of... Um, I probably pooped on myself. They looked like they pooped on themselves. Yeah, they did. That, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. I was just... That was, it was gross. It, wasn't, it, it, it didn't seem like an enjoyable challenge. It wasn't... I don't know. The only problem... What was the strategy? <laughs> yeah, it's just having a bigger body. That's yeah. why Tony won, probably. I was thinking that the people yeah. with lots of hair would have an advantage. Yeah. But that didn't work. Oh, he said it's time for island fashion. This is the island fashion theme song. He said he said you couldn't carry mud back. But if you had pockets, how's he going to know? It's a good point. What a hot take. So all the boys had an advantage because they all had pockets and I probably cast. She was wearing like a skirt thing. You're right. She didn't have pockets. She, she did have had a pocket. She totally could have had a pocket. <laughs> <laughs> she did have a um, a cone head of mud hair, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only positive I thought from this challenge is that maybe they were very moisturized afterward. Oh, that's exactly. They did wonders for their skin. Yeah. You know, the survivors after this challenge were out here looking like the Met Gala. <laughs> How's that for a topical reference? Yeah, that was very topical for a podcast that's going to air in a month and a half. Uh huh. So very topical for a podcast that's going to air in a month and a half. Yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> hey, folks, remember uh, the Met Gala? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it, it was just not. It wasn't a great challenge. Like there wasn't a lot of strategy that you could do. No. Um, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. 
I wonder if they thought like it would be like sexy to see people rolling around in the mud. You're right. We don't have Dara's shower scene to tie us over. So, right. And there are no beauties left, so they really, um, they really misfired here. Maybe we can make Spencer sexy if we cover him in mud. (laughs) (laughs) But picture this. Picture this. They're getting. They're rolling around in the mud. And just off in the background, to make it sexier, they just throw a 2003 GMC on. <laughs> <laughs> we were, Emily yeah. and I were so excited for the, uh, the, 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 the paid promotional of who was going to provide the pizza. Yeah. And then it turned out it wasn't a paid promotion. Yep. We were so disappointed. <laughs> Survivor pizza, notably terrible. People say all the time that pizza on Survivor is bad. I can only imagine. It's like well, they my just. Eyes will see. Shut up. But they, they take it to the island in a helicopter. I'm like, that pizza's not fresh anymore. Not Who knows how long it's been sitting out? No. Tony to production. You f- me. <laughs> and also, one of the pizzas kind of looked like it was burnt. Like, it did not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably not good pizza. It didn't look appetizing. I'm surprised Domino's is in it on that game, though. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to think Domino's calls up survivors like, yo, anytime you do a pizza challenge. I mean, the pizza's already yeah. crap. Like, we yeah. can't, it's not like we're going to ruin anything. <laughs> All right, let's get into this real fast. Best chain pizza. You've got, Uh-oh. you've got Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, um, any big ones I'm missing? Uh, Little Caesars. Okay, Little Caesars, you can throw that in there. Uh, pizza Hut. I said Pizza Hut. I li- I totally heard that. Um, pizza Hut. We got <laughs> one vote. We got one vote for Pizza Hut. Donatos. Donatos. I don't think Donatos is that common. I've never had a Donatos. It's it's a pretty big chain. It was the only pizza place. Well, there was Pizza Hut. It was in a very small town in Ohio where I worked for at a summer camp. I like that you said I've never had a Donatos. I've never had I a never- Donatos. I didn't know they made such a tendency. <laughs> I didn't know they made such an animal. <laughs> um, honestly, like low key, Domino's has gotten a lot better. Yeah, I, I, I might say, and and they're they're the the owner is a lot less racist than Papa John's, probably. So, yeah, that's a big point in their favor. You know that that really does add to the flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, Domino's. Emily, what's your take? Yeah, I'm going to say that, honestly, all of this pizza tastes the same to me. It really does. I don't eat it enough to have an opinion, but I do like Papa Murphy's because you bake it at home. Oh, okay. Yeah, tight race for me between Domino's and Pizza Hut. Um, I think I'll give the slight edge to Domino's, though. And if you want more of this fast food content, go to YouTube.com <laughs> slash fast food reviews. Hey, when was the last time we got a fast food review? Out? It's yeah, been a seriously. long time. been a long time. But those videos are still up and I'll still get ad do, revenue. Can we do a ranked chain pizza sometime? That would actually be great. Yeah. But then we would have so much bad pizza left Whenever over. Whenever we, we should do it when we record the um, live finale. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, do a crossover event. Jeez. <laughs> That could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Okay. um, The reward challenge was bad and stupid. Um, (laughs) So we get uh, at camp, of course, this is the llama scene. um, This Tony slash Wu slash cast drama that comes from, as we've discussed, 
Um, Tony saying to Cass, like, hey, I want to go to the final three with you. We need to vote Wu out because he's dangerous. And then Cass coming back and saying, hey, Wu, Tony just said that he wants to go to the final three with me and vote you out. Um, and then Cass blows up. Tony blows up. Wu kind of sits it out. In all of this drama and chaos, who do you think played this situation well? And who do you think played it poorly? Uh, Scott, we'll turn to you first. What's your your take on this um, situation? Well, I don't really know what Cass was doing. <laughs> um, I don't know why she like felt the need to even like explode it. I guess that's like her mo. Like we talked about last episode, like just causing the chaos. So I don't feel like she played that well. Um, I think Wu did pretty good by not really taking the bait on any of it. He just kind of sat there and let it play out, which then later like went to Tony. But yeah, I just, I don't think cast did good there. Emily, what do you think? Um, I think that Cass was a little extreme in her approach, but at the end of it, there was no denying that she got her point across. And I think that was most important to her. And I think too, like you can't, Tony's been able to play people so well for her to just go to Wu and say, Oh, Tony said this. And then if Wu confronted Tony, he could be like, no, I didn't say that. Mm. And there's a good possibility that would be like, okay, I believe you. That's a good point. Yeah. I would, I would say that Tony did not play it well. Um, also, I, uh, I don't. So I, I think it's easy to say we don't fully understand Cass's motivation, but also if she doesn't trust Tony, like if you trust Tony, if you're like, he's going to take me to the final three, I want to sit next to Tony in the final three. Let's let this play out the way it is, you know? Yeah. I, I think you do that. But Tony has blindsided so many people, you can't trust him. So you, the only thing you can do is try to blow up his play and then pick the final three that you want. Yeah, that was my initial thought kind of too, is that if if Cass just got done being promised a final three with someone that she's on record as saying she wants to go to the final with, why would you go and blow that up? That seems like a good scenario for you. Um, so that's my first initial response is seems like Cash should have just been cool with this. And then, yeah, if you want to sow dissent, like do it more privately with Wu. But Emily, you had a good point that like, um, who's to say that Wu will believe that in any way based on Tony's past history and Wu's past history too. Yeah. And, and Tony specifically walked away and saying like deals off or something like that. Yeah. That made it sound like there was something to what Cass was saying. Yeah. I think Tony did pretty objectively do poorly with this. Cause he also, yeah let it fly that he has the special idol in the midst of the heat too. Yeah. Yeah. I, Tony didn't play it well. He really should have just walked away from the situation and then lied to Wu privately. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and I, I don't know. I don't know how, if you're Tony too, how you handle this. If Cass does make this choice to blow things up like this, like, do you lie and say, like, Cass, why are you making this up? I have never told you this. Um, and then, you know, Cass isn't going to back down. 
Or do you say like, kind of like what Tony did, which was, yes, why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and put it on her. I don't know. I don't know how you actually play it if you're Tony. But I think Wu did do well by not really getting super involved in it. Um, not like souring anybody's taste on him. Yeah, Wu, I, I think we really see like the way, like the player that he is, like the way that we talked about how he wasn't edited super well last episode. Like Wu took his time. He took in the information that was being presented to him. He didn't force any information to come out. He just was like, what's going to happen right here? And then after it happened, he reacted to it. He just looks so sad whenever he has to strategize. Yeah. (laughs) He just doesn't like hurting people. (laughs) Yeah. He is a very kind guy. Yeah. But he's always like so fun, so happy. And then it's like, oh man, I have to play Survivor. (laughs) He he looks so sad. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about this immunity challenge. This is, yeah, like we've said, one of my favorites. Um, if you don't recall this one, you've got to untie or untangle some cords, which gives you a key. Then that unlocks a chest full of ladder rungs, which is in and of itself kind of a puzzle. Um, and you use the rungs to complete a ladder, but only certain ones fit in certain ways. You climb the ladder and then you get like steps that are similar. It's like a puzzle. Then you get up to the top and it's a big slide puzzle. Very grand. Um, and I just love all the different kind of like creative puzzle elements, you know, with the, the ladder rungs and the steps, all kind of like mini puzzles in and of themselves. Uh, and it's big and cool. Great challenge. If you ask me. Yeah, I was a big fan of this one. It was super fun to watch. It was unfortunate that Trish couldn't get past the ladder part. Yeah. Uh, And Spencer with his massive comeback. Yeah, Tony was way ahead, had been working on the slide puzzle for quite some time before anybody else got up there. Yeah, well, and Jeff made the point of like, he's moving things around quickly, but does he actually know how to do a slide puzzle? Because there is like a strategy to it that (laughs) needs to be done. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Do y'all know how to do slide puzzles? Yeah, No, no idea. I learned from Adam. What's the strat? So you you start in the top left corner, assuming the empty space is going to be in the bottom right. So just the opposite of where the empty space is supposed to be. Um, And then you basically start with uh, solving a two by two square. If it's a, if it's a four by four puzzle, you solve a two by two square and then you solve the third one on the top row and then the third and then start a third row and you just shuffle things like that. So you start, basically you solve from the top left corner diagonally down. Uh, gotcha. Cause that's, that's the most efficient way to move the empty space around. Mm-hmm. Cause okay. if you, if you try to do one line across, then you have a lot less vertical space to move the empty space around. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, do one horizontally, then same thing. So there was a diagonally. There was someone on a recent season of Survivor. Um, I won't say the name or the season as to not spoil it for you, but our Survivor viewers know who I'm talking about, who was like a like an expert in slide puzzles such that he, I think, like wrote a thesis in college about like slide puzzle strategy. And there was this <laughs> thing. It was like early on in the game. Like, I think it was actually at the marooning, like the first thing that happens 
and he does like a slide puzzle in this challenge and it is done like immediately like to the point where jeff has not even like caught up to him at this point in the challenge to like watch him do it he's just like there moves on and jeff is like wait did did you do this already (laughs) it's wild but it's because yeah like you were saying there's a like a formula or like an algorithm or whatever where if you have it memorized you just do it and it's done um i would love to learn how to do slide puzzles probably look that up before or long um uh, got to talk about Spencer here too now having won his second consecutive immunity. Um, I think it's his third altogether in the post merge, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Nope. Uh, real under the radar challenge threat here. Um, and I, I was thinking like in this episode too, you, you have to assume based on Spencer being placed in the brains tribe and just kind of like his mannerisms and personality that he, he was probably like made fun of in high school. Right. And I would just like, I think it would be so amazing to watch the jerks that picked on him at high school, watching him on survivor, like kick ass at these immunity challenges (laughs) and then be like, Oh man, Freaking Spencer Bledsoe, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> but he's he's really come out uh, out in the open as like a real strong challenge competitor. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw that coming or not. I I feel like it's always been him and Tasha, and every once in a while, Wu is involved in that. But usually, I feel like it's usually been down to those two. Yeah, it kind of came out of left field because I I think just like during the tribe portion, like they were always so far behind, like you didn't really get to see them do a whole lot. And then out of nowhere, like when they were fending for themselves, you got to see their kind of challenge acumen come out. It's interesting because like looking at him, you know, like he looks like a pretty athletic guy um, and he's like super awkward at moving (laughs) generally. Right. But like. He's quite skilled at this sort of stuff. And then he's got, obviously, like, the brain power to do these puzzles, too. Definitely a strong challenge competitor. Uh, Let's talk about Tribal Council, then. We've alluded to this a few times. This was just, like, a weird one for me. Y'all are pretty high on it. What was so good in y'all's estimation about this Tribal Council? (laughs) Bang. Tony played Tony played an idol. Hey, we got one. I needed that point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Big point there for RNG Jesus. Big points. I thought it was great because we weren't sure if Wu was going to stick with his alliance or if he was going to turn. Mm-hmm. Even until the end, he was kind of talking like he was going to stay with his alliance, but it was all facade. And Trish was the one on the block, and Tony was so confident that he knew the outcome that he just played his idol and he didn't give it to Trish. And then she was voted out. But Tony voted for Trish. What? Yep. Four to one. What? Everybody voted for Trish. Yep. Oh my gosh. This is so different for me now. I miss that. I miss it too. I didn't realize. Yeah. I miss that as well. I think that four to one vote. Well, Uh, that makes more sense why he didn't use his idol for her. Yeah, I think that 
um, you know, oftentimes on Survivor, like we're given, we're, we don't see part of the story, right, to make it compelling. Um, and almost definitely there was a conversation there in the lead up to Tribal where Woo and Tony and maybe even Cass talk and say, like, it's Trish, right? Yeah, it's Trish. We'll get Trish. But of course, you just don't see that. Otherwise, I had no idea. That is fascinating. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Why do you think the move is for Tony to vote with everyone out and vote Trish out? Spencer's on a play. Right. That's my first thought. Yeah. Yeah. So he can still be on like the winning side, I guess. It definitely seems like one of those things where like it's it's kind of done where maybe even if Tony wasn't like fired up about taking Trish out, it seems like Tony wants to go to the end with Trish. Um, that he knows, all right, well, Wu and Cass are voting for Trish. Um, it's happening. I can either go down with this sinking ship and, you know, further alienate myself, or I can say like, hey, uh, I'll vote with you guys, you know, knowing that his vote won't make a difference at this point. I don't know, because part of part of me is I agree with you where he's uh, like if, if he agrees to vote out or if he votes out Trish, then he can then then it's hard for someone else to claim. Yeah, we orchestrated that. I mean, yeah. And on the flip side, then he doesn't have to write someone else's name down so he can be like, I didn't write down your name, Cass. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, that, I didn't realize that he had voted for it. That's such an interesting move. Almost definitely he knew going into it, this is like Trish is gone to vote against Cass at this point would be a wasted vote, you know, but it's interesting because the, yeah, the other side of that is you're right that if he really wanted this to happen, he could have easily given Trish an idol. That was, so that was my whole thing was I didn't realize that he had voted because I was like, he has two idols that he can't use after this tribal, which means if he wanted to get rid of Cass, he could have played an idol on Trish. And then if they tried to go for Tony, he pulls out his special idol. Right. And so he just cancels both of those. And the person he wants gone is gone. What he loses with that, though, is the ability to bluff with his special idol at the next tribal. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to work. Yeah. To catch everyone up, his plan here is that he's told everybody that his special idol can work at final four when in reality it only works up to final five. But even if it doesn't actually work, if you've convinced everyone that it does, like no one's going to vote for him, right? In the same way that no one voted for him this episode because he has his idol. Of course. Yeah. yeah, And uh, here's another great Thrones tie in. Uh, Varys the spider has a wonderful quote where it says he says power resides where men think it resides so the tie in here is that even if Tony doesn't have an idol that can do anything if people believe that he does then he basically does right yep the perception is reality true that so to speak. This idol is so stupid. I hate that it exists. <laughs> it is it is bad. <laughs> it's kind of like a like well this is like it's up to you to screw this up. There's and it's it's really hard to. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially with his second idol. Man, this is yeah. I don't know. I wonder I'm very curious how this works out for him because 
it's such a clever play. If it does work for him, it gets him in the final three. Yeah, but going into this finale episode, he is vulnerable. He has no yeah. idols to protect him, even if he has convinced others that he does. How is the final three usually chosen via vote? Like going into final three? Like who is in the final three? Yeah, like do the four people vote? Yeah, yeah. It in, feels like it, it feels like you should have like a challenge or something, and it's like so in first, the, the, like the 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 first three people to win it are in. In recent seasons, they have made this change. Adam, you have uh, great survivor foresight. Hire me, survivor! (laughs) (laughs) So what they do, this has just been like the last three or four seasons probably that they've started doing this, but there's still a Final Four immunity challenge. Um, But then what happens instead of... So at Tribal Council, the winner of the Final Four challenge chooses someone basically to protect... Um, to say this person is going to the end with me. And then the other two people take part in a fire making challenge and the winner of the fire making challenge survives. The loser goes home. Interesting. So it's kind of like a, like a halfway in between. You still have the immunity challenge. That person guarantees themselves final three. And then they also have the power of bringing someone along. Um, and then, Yeah the other two face off and fire making. It also adds a whole lot of other interesting layers and that like the perception of the person inevitably who is brought along is immediately like, Oh wow. They must think that they can beat them. So now like, I believe that this person isn't worthy of winning either. Right. So it's like almost a galaxy brained decision to pick someone you're worried about beating, bring them and therefore convince other people that they can't win, you know? And also on the flip side, the person that wins that fire making challenge now has like the story momentum, especially doing this in front of the jury of like, I had to fight my way in to get here. I won the fire making challenge, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that is a thing they've added. I don't know. I am very excited for this final episode. I'll tell you that. Heck yeah. Yeah. Next time on Outwatch, it's the finale. But before we get there, let's uh, check in on our fantasy scores. Okay, so this episode, Adam, on your earlobes tribe, you got three points from Spencer for winning individual immunity. Voting correctly and surviving. You got a point for Wu for doing the latter of those two things. Uh, Emily, you received a point from Cass voting correctly and surviving and a whopping goose egg from Trish Hmm. who did nothing of value this episode. Real rough stretch, pretty good fights, rough stretch from Trish here. in these last handful of episodes, looking at these point totals and then Scott, you got another big point total from Tony four points, um, for playing an idol, and winning a reward, um, and naming the episode for that matter. Hey, plus another one for the llama. Talk. Yeah. By the way, uh, Tasha got you a point last episode, Adam, for naming the episode with her uh, breath. And so that means our scores. There has been a shift in the leaderboard. Now bringing up the rear is Dara's second wind at 36 and a half. Um, at 38 points is RN Jesus. And Woo! then 
Leading the charge is the Earlobe Tribe, 62 and a half points. Um, and while we're here in this fantasy segment, it's worth sharing with you all that I did indeed purchase our prize for this season's fantasy game after this last episode. Hello. It is a delightful stuffed llama. I was holding out for the llama episode because I knew that I wanted something llama related. (laughs) 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 All right, real fast here before we award our MVPs, let's just take stock of each of the final fours place in the game going into the finale um, and assess their chances and our opinions of their coming out on top. Um, First of all, we've got Tony, of course, been the biggest player this season, um, has kind of dominated this alliance in the game, has the special idol, which is out of power, but perhaps people believe it has. He's been a target recently, but um, has evaded being voted out to this point. Um, Emily, looking at Tony's game and where it stands going forward, what is your take on his um, probability here? Um, I think I'll go back to what I was mentioning earlier. I don't know if he's angered enough of the jury, Um, but he's definitely been in control of this game. So I think he has a good shot of making it to the final and being voted as survivor. Um, Let's take a look at Cass, who has kind of scrambled her way from the bottom has created chaos, created some enemies, but ultimately um, chosen the right side of the votes and the numbers whenever it mattered and has gotten herself this far. Um, Adam, what do you think about her chances going into this last episode? I think she has a strong chance of making it to the final three. I think she has a pretty low chance of actually winning Survivor. I just I, I, I don't think anyone will really see her game as being very effective. And then, Scott, why don't you talk about Wu? Um, Wu has voted with Tony and that group for most of this game, uh, has had opportunities to flip but never taken them, has chosen loyalty over devious strategy. Definitely very likable, definitely without really many enemies on the side, but uh, maybe tough to see his strategic gameplay. What do you think about Wu? Um, yeah, just like you said, I think that he is stuck with the numbers enough. Like he's, I think he has a really good chance of making it into that top three. Um, but he's kind of not to this point made that big gigantic move or been like the usher in of like the big moves that I think you got to have to really be crowned the winner. So I think he'll have, like I said, I think he'll has a really good chance of making a top three. I don't know if he'll win the game though. And then lastly, we've got Spencer who has um, similarly to Cass found himself on the bottom. Most of this game um, has somehow survived to this point while being probably the largest threat on the minority side of things um, in the entire post-merge game, um, has won some immunities, has made some strong strategic plays, as well as whiffing on a few, um, maybe has more friends on the jury than most. Um, And Emily, what are you thinking about Spencer's chances here going into the finale? 
Um, yeah, honestly, I think if he can get to the final, he would be a very good contender because he has just had, and like it was, you know, explained in that recap at the beginning of this episode, it's just been one thing after another, and he's just had to fight his way to this point. And I think that he has shown um, his strategy, his skill, um, and just uh, persistence. So I would probably, depending on who's there, I'd probably vote for Spencer if I were on the jury. Compelling cases for all four remaining players. You can see a path forward to all of them. Um, see how it could fall short for them, too. It'll be an exciting finale. You'll want to tune in next time to uh, hear our live reaction. Before we go there, though, it's time to crown our episode's winners. Um, Scott, who's your MVP in this episode? Uh, I'm going to go with Spencer again because right. he just keeps, just keeps surviving. Keeps surviving. Yep. No Even doubt. He's, he's been clearly the underdog for like three episodes now. And mm-hmm. yet here he is still here. So Spence Daddy. Spence Daddy. Adam, who's your MVP? I really want to give it to Spencer. I mean, that massive come from, come from behind victory. Uh, Almost definitely saved him. Yeah, can't imagine I mean, he survives this episode without winning that. that I, I don't think he survives it without winning that. I, I think with that in mind, it's hard to award MVP to anyone else. Um, Emily, what about you? As much as I want to come up with an original idea, I'd have to choose Spencer. He just did so well in that last challenge. And like we mentioned, that really saved him to go into the next episode, the next couple of days. So, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much a slam dunk. Also um, ends this episode with Cass still in the game. Probably his number one ally at this point. Yeah. Um, and S- Trish is gone instead. So good day for Spence. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Next time on Outwatch, it will be our live Survivor Kagayan finale episode. Can't wait. Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes of the season. If not the favorite, we all will be in the same room watching the episode live, uh, reacting on podcasts during the commercial breaks. So different vibe, different format, but still all the fun, if not more. And we will have one and a half beers in us each. So we'll be feeling a little rowdy. (laughs) We're going to we're going to rank chain restaurant pizza yes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we'll be eating mediocre pizza and watching a television show that's anything but mediocre <laughs> thanks for listening next time on outwatch it'll be our finale episode and we will see you then <laughs> <laughs>